Have you ever been to a parade? Anyone? Ever been to a parade? Well, you're in San Diego. Uh, have you ever been to the Holiday Bowl parade? Anyone? No, you're in San Diego. You've never been to the Holiday Bowl Parade. It's right here in, in, in downtown San Diego. It's kind of like the West Coast version of the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade where they have these giant balloons and they, and, and they go. And if, and if you haven't gone, well, you don't get your San Diego card yet. You've got to go. You've got to go. It happens every Christmas, uh, early in December, so I, I strongly encourage you to go. It's right on the bay. Um, a couple years ago, uh, knowing that we needed to get some street cred, we went to the Holiday Bowl Parade, my kids and I, because we want our San Diego card. We want to claim it and proclaim it that we are San Diegans. I'm trying to raise some, by the way, my kids were born in the Inland Empire, but we want to skip over that. We're San Diegans now. We're San Diegans now. So I took them down to the Holiday Bowl Parade. Uh, this is a picture of Astra at the Holiday Bowl Parade. Parade. Can I have? Yes. You may not recognize him now, but this is what he used to look like. Um, and I don't know if you can tell there, but uh, that's Garfield in the background over there and Odie hanging off of Garfield's back. Uh, and, and if you look a little closer, you'll see that Asher is a little low and he can't really see Garfield because there's some people in front of him and he's not that tall. If you ever go to parade, this is one of the problems is that somebody might beat you to the punch and get there before you and line up in front of you. We try to get there as fast as we could, but we didn't make it right to the front. And so there we were kind of standing behind trying to catch the parade. So Asher said, Papa, Papa, Papa. And of course, he knew what he needed to do and what I had to do. <laughs> right? Right? Because when you can't see over, you got to find a way. You got to get. You got to get to higher ground. So there we were, watching the balloons go by. I couldn't see anything, but at least Asher was on my shoulders, hoping to catch a little bit of the San Diego Bull Parade. But I think, I think, even if you've never been to a parade, you can identify with that feeling, or at least not the Holiday Bowl Parade, of, of wanting to see something, but there's people blocking your way. Wanting to catch a glimpse, but there's people blocking your way. And that's exactly what's happening in our Bible story for today. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 19. It's a familiar story, but I want you to come there with me as we read again the Word of God from the book of Luke, chapter 19. The Bible tells us that Jesus was on his way to Jericho. I mean, on his way to Jerusalem, and he was passing through Jericho. And, and on his way through Jericho, there was a, essentially a parade. We found a story in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 1, and it says, And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. You'll, that name must sound familiar. And he was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But being short, being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So here's the scenario. Here's the backdrop. <clears throat> Jesus has been traveling around the countryside, and he is making his way back to Jerusalem. And if you don't know anything about uh, New Testament times, Jerusalem was, was the center of the social, uh, religious, uh, uh, political world for the Jewish nation. Jerusalem was the capital, still is, is essentially the heart of everything that happened in their life. And once a year, all Jewish people will return to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. It is a celebration of an Old Testament theme of atonement, at one minute. 
where God, starting back uh, with Moses and the people of, uh, of Israel when they were in Egypt, passed over their houses. The angel of death passed over because they had the blood of the lamb sprinkled on their houses. And it, it, it was a celebration that would hold year after year. They still do. And for everyone, this was the most important day in their calendar, socially, politically, religiously. And they would make their way to Jerusalem, and Jesus is on his way. But, but for those of us who know the story, we know that Jesus is on his way to being crucified. At the end of that Passover week, on Friday, they were going to hang him. Jesus knew this, and he was on his way. His disciples had tried to stop him and they said, you know, they're out to get you. Let's, let's stay out in the fringes. Let's not go to Jerusalem. But Jesus says, I must. I need to. This is why I came. So they're on their way. And as they're traveling back from the countryside, they have to pass through Jericho, which was not too far from Jerusalem. And as they're making their way through, the Bible tells us that people came out to see Jesus. It was kind of like a parade. They line the streets as Jesus is passing through. And this parade, because you know the story, continues to build and build until when he's at the outskirts of Jerusalem, they start waving palm branches, you know, Palm Sunday. Will, will happen in a few weeks. We celebrate the Easter season here. Palm Sunday. It'll happen. And Jesus is on his way. And so many people have gathered. It's like a parade. And eventually Jesus gets on a donkey and he, and he rides in the town. You, you know the story. But if you rewind it just a little bit as he's passing through Jericho, the parade has already started. People are gathering on the streets. They're lining up. They're trying to get a glimpse. By this time, Jesus had been publicly preaching and teaching for over three years. And he had done things that people were curious to see for themselves. He had healed people, cast out demons, multiplied bread and fed multitudes. The story is he had walked on water and just recently brought somebody back from the dead. So there were a lot of people interested, wanted to catch eyes on Jesus. And the Bible tells us that one of those people was Zacchaeus, the man in our story. Zacchaeus, as they would say in Spanish, wanted to see Jesus, the Bible says, but not just see him, lay eyes on him. The Bible says he wanted to see who Jesus was. There's a slight difference going on right there. See, the book Desire of Ages tells us that it's very possible that Jesus had come through Jericho before. He had passed through, and while he had passed through, he may have done some things, said some things, and Zacchaeus would have heard about Jesus or been told stories about Jesus, and quite possibly a curiosity had stirred in his heart. And now he hears that Jesus is passing through. There's commotions in the streets. There's murmurs. There's shouting. Jesus is healing people, by the way. He just, he just got done healing a blind man just, just a little while ago. And Zacchaeus wants to see who Jesus was. It's a fascinating statement. And then the Bible begins to describe this person, this Zacchaeus. You may have an idea if you've been a Christian or grown up in church. There's a song we sing about him. Uh, it's not a very flattering song, but we sing about him. And so he's part of our consciousness. And you might know a few things, but the Bible tells us this much. He says that this man, verse 2, was a chief tax collector and that he was wealthy. It describes him in these two statements, chief tax collector and wealthy. 
It doesn't say much about, it doesn't call him a father or, or um, a religious leader. It, it only gives these two markers. Well, there's one more. We'll get to that in a second. But for the moment, he says, chief tax collector and wealthy. And if you were a part of the society in that day, those two words, those two descriptors would have immediately invoked disdain in your heart for him. Chief tax collector and wealthy. We may not essentially understand, but perhaps we can catch a glimpse. See, the Jewish people were being governed by the Romans. The Romans had overtaken the land. The Roman Empire had spread, and, and now they were uh, sort of governing the Jews. And Jews had to pay tax to the Roman Empire. And they recruited Jews themselves to collect the tax. And so Zacchaeus was a tax collector on behalf of the Roman Empire. So for every regular Jewish person, he represented a traitor, someone who was working for the oppressor, for the enemy. And the Jews wanted nothing more than to be rid of Roman oppression. They wanted, they, they, they wanted nothing more than to eliminate that. In fact, even the disciples thought that Jesus had come to finally uh, free them from Roman oppression. And so when they would meet somebody who was a chief tax collector, there was a, a, a sincere hate for them. He was a traitor. He worked for the enemy. He was the instrument of oppression. But the Bible says that he was a chief tax collector. So not only did he collect in his, in his, in his district, he was responsible for overseeing other collectors. He was a high-ranking chief tax collector. That means there were many people who were causing pain amongst us, and he would take a cut of everything. That would come through his office. And then the Bible describes that he was wealthy. And it's very possible, as you'll see later, that he had gotten this wealth by being a dishonest tax collector. And since the people were under oppression, they could never complain. And there was no justice. And so they hated tax collectors. And they had disdain for the wealthy because the poor always disdain the wealthy. And the Bible tells us that this man, described in these ways, wanted to see who Jesus was. But being short, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran up and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming this way. I know you've heard the story. We've, we've talked about it here before, but I, I'm just inviting you to, to kind of be in the scene for a moment. The crowd is there. There's gathered. There's lots of noise. Jesus is making his way through. People are trying to snap selfies with him because he has reached celebrity status, and he's making his way through, and everyone's wanting to catch and pushing and shoving, and here comes uh, Zacchaeus. We know that in order to reach the position of wealth and of importance, he was probably somewhere in middle age, and he was short. Stocky, possibly. I'm not quite sure. But he comes, and he wasn't there first on the line because it, I think it took him a while to get the courage to finally come down to the parade. I think it took him a while. I, I think there was a desire in him to see Jesus, but he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure if this was the time or the opportunity or if it would matter. But eventually it overcomes in him. He comes down to see Jesus, but there's a crowd already there. And you can see him tiptoeing behind them, trying to catch a glimpse. I know what that's like because I've been short all my life. 
And I always have to be like this. Even in pictures with people, I do the tiptoes. Anybody else? Oh, sure. Let's per hmm? Right when they go, say cheese. One, two, three. That's what I do. And Zacchaeus is trying to look over the crowds and try to look, try to see. He wants to see Jesus. He wants to see, but he can't. There's people blocking the way. Maybe, just maybe, that's how you've felt. Maybe, just maybe, you also are here today and in this season of your life, you've heard about Jesus. You have information. You've read the stories, but you kind of want to see more. You want to see who Jesus is. Zacchaeus didn't want to just lay eyes on Jesus. He was interested to know if this man could really be what they said he was. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to sort of like, let me see this for myself. Let me see him for myself. Let me make my own judgment. And, and maybe, just maybe, you want to as well. But there there's always seemed to be people blocking the way. You know these people. They got here first. They were here before you, and they're holding their place on the line. And they're not going to let you by. They're blocking the way. Sometimes in our own lives, there are people right around us, could be family members or church family members, who are blocking the way to Jesus. It's sad, but it is true. You want to experience, you want to know, but they say you're too late. You should have come to Jesus sooner. And Zacchaeus is looking and trying to catch a glimpse, and he can't. So he runs, <clears throat> and he climbs up in a sycamore tree. It's an interesting moment here because it's a grown man. And you know, the trees were not meant to be climbed by grown men, especially ones who are not wearing pants because they didn't have pants. And it's quite possible that as Zacchaeus is trying to climb this tree, you can hear the creaking of branches kind of like <clears throat> bending under his weight. And Jesus' parade is coming down, and Zacchaeus is, is scrapping. Have you tried to climb a tree? I'm a, I'm a grown man, and I don't really try it anymore because it's not easy. Have you tried it recently, men? It's not easy. Unless there's a low-hanging branch <laughs> that you can step on. But, but when we were kids, we just hug that thing like this and go up. You, can, you can't, can't do it anymore. So I don't even try because I don't want to embarrass myself. Zacchaeus wasn't, he was so like intent on seeing who Jesus was that he didn't worry about the embarrassment. He just went up this tree. And it's possible that as he was climbing this tree, people were standing around thinking, what are you doing? Somebody probably flipped out a phone and I'm going to vine this. Check out this fail. I know he's going to eat it. He's going to fall. And what are you doing? And the Bible tells us that as the parade was coming down, Zacchaeus was a little bit higher and he was on this tree. And suddenly the Bible says that Jesus stops. And when, verse 5, and when, Reese's, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Uh, we were talking about this first service, how for us, as we read the story, we're like, okay, so what? But imagine for just a second, imagine 
if some very important person was making their way through town and you went to see them, I don't know who you want to put in there, your favorite and most important VIP celebrity. Maybe it's a political figure. Maybe it's a star. I don't know. Whoever it is for you, some very important person that you admire, that you want to see, you want to catch a glimpse. And imagine if you were there. Like, let's say you're at the Oscars, because... Anyway, let's just say you're at the Oscars. No film fans in here? Nobody? Okay, thank you. All right. Let's say you're there. You're on the red carpet, and here comes Leonardo DiCaprio. Nobody knows who that is, right? Okay, so he's coming down. He's got his Oscar in hand, and you're like, hey, Leo, hey, Leo. And let's say he stops, and he says, Trina. (laughs) Right? Right? Wouldn't you be like, what? Right? Miss Trina just went, oh, God. Because that's what's happening here. Look, 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 look. A man who just brought somebody from the dead is walking by, and he stops, and he looks at you, and he calls you by name. Now, if you're not freaking out, you haven't caught it yet. He stops, he looks up in the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I, I don't know how he said it. Maybe, maybe he said, come down immediately. Or maybe he said, boy, you better get down from that. Tr- I don't know how he said it, but he looks at Zacchaeus with some way and he says, get down. Now, Zacchaeus must have been startled that Jesus knew him by name. Out of the blue. They didn't know each other before because Zacchaeus only heard about Jesus. And he was interested to know who Jesus was. Wanted to see if Jesus was the real deal, just like you do. And he comes by, and he stops, and he looks you in the face, and calls you by name. Isn't that wild? Imagine that. Imagine if he showed up to church today, stands in front of here, and looks out, and he calls you out by name. You would suddenly just, it would get hot real quick. Because if he knows my name, what else does he know about me? And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, get down. And that would have been cool enough. I was telling my friends recently, I met, he's not a celebrity, but to me he was. Trina was there. I'm making a fool of myself. I met an author, a pastor of a church in Seattle, and I was at a conference, and I waited in line. Sharon snapped the picture of me with him. His name is Eugene Cho's little Korean man, not taller than I am, not very impressive, except that I just think he's really cool. So I was like, can I have a picture with you, please? And he's like, sure, what's your name? Like all, you know, down-to-earth celebrities. So what's your name? And I said, oh, my name is Milton. Thank you so much. And I did this thing. Thank you, thank you. I don't want to bother you, right? And Sharon was laughing at me. And uh, and a few moments later, uh, you know, we, we had gone from this presentation, and then they were having a luncheon in his honor, and we were sitting there, and I told the crew, let's sit in the front, let's sit in the front. So we sat in the front. I was totally geeking out, and my colleagues are like, Pfft. so I'm in the front there, and uh, and he does his presentation, and at the end, and there was, by the way, you know, like maybe 200 pastors from the San Diego area in, in, in this uh, presentation, and at the end, he's like, okay, um, and now it's question and answer period. Does anyone have a question? And people start asking, you know, major, deep, deep philosophical, and my friend's like, ask him, ask him a question, ask him a question, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> And I raised my hand, and, and I was like, I have a question. And then and he's like, he says, you. And I go, oh, and I get excited. And he says, Milton, right? And I was like, oh. 
He knows my name. Milton, right? Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that just be enough if your most favorite person in the world, your celebrity, the person that you admire, knew your name? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, I left that day thinking, Eugene knows I exist. That's right, baby. I exist. I was so geeky. I came back with the book. Would you please sign it for me? And he knew my name. He wrote it, Milton. That would just be enough. And I think in the story when Zacchaeus was on the tree and Jesus come by and he calls him by name, I think that would have been enough. He would have said, wow, this man is the real deal. He knows me by name. And you know what? He knows you by name too. But that's not all that Jesus does. He says, come down immediately because I have to stay at your house today. See, most of us are, 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 are feeling that we would be satisfied if Jesus just knew we existed. And he does. But Jesus is not satisfied with that. Jesus comes, he says, to the, comes to the spot and he says to Zacchaeus and he says to you, get off that perch. Get off that lookout because I have to come to your house today. I must come and stay with you today. And I was telling for service, that would be even freakier for me because if Eugene Cho wanted to come to my house, I'd be like, that's cool. You don't have to come because I got three kids and there is toys all over the place. Um, it, it, it's like a... It's, it's like a comic book. The more toys I put away, the more come out from the... I don't know where they come from, but it, some of y'all are parents. You're laughing with me. You know what I'm talking about. I buy furniture to hide the stuff, and it just like... It just... It's like, it's like bubbles from a, from a washing machine. They just keep coming out. And every time I turn my back, there is toys and wrappers. <laughs> Gummy bear wrappers, candy... Who gives them candy? I know some of y'all in church are giving them candy. I cannot keep the house clean. Plus, I got two dogs. So I tell my wife, it's like, it's like the forces of nature are fighting against me. It's never going to be clean, the house. No matter what I try, it's like... And so if Eugene Cho would say, hey, Milton, I'm coming to your house today, I'd be like, no, no, it's cool. I'm satisfied just that you know my name. And maybe you've been satisfied too. You come to church... You hear the pastor say, God knows your name. Jesus knows you personally. And you're like, I'm good with that. That's enough for me. But it's not enough for him. I've been asking myself, why is the story included in the Bible? I've been asking myself, why? Uh, there must have been hundreds of people in this crowd. And I'm sure Zacchaeus wasn't the only short person. I'm sure there were others. He must not have been the only one, and he may not even been the only person climbing a tree. But Jesus stops, and I'm asking myself, why? Why does he pick this person out of the many, maybe hundreds that he had seen? I don't, why does he pick this person? Why does he include him in here? But out of the blue, he stops and he says, get down. I know your name, but I'm not satisfied with that. I must come and stay with you at your house today. What if Jesus came today and he was here present and he said, I'm glad you came to see me, but I want to go home with you. What would you say to that? 
I think some of us would say, oh, that's so sweet. Can we make it another day? Oh, today's not good for me, Jesus, because uh, I got this thing after church. We might, you know, can we schedule another time? Because what we think is, you don't want to come see me the way I am. You don't want to come to my house and see my wrappers and my toys. Can I get my house clean before you come over? Can I present a different side of myself other than the one that I truly am? Can I clean up my house a little bit before you come over? And we say, Jesus, next time, okay? Next time. And we've been saying next time all of our life. And we've been coming to church week after week. And Jesus is like, can today be the day? Can I go home with you? And you're like, I'll see you next week, Jesus. I'll be back. Yeah, I hold that thought, Jesus. Someday you and me, we're going to hang out. Just not today. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I must. You notice the imperative there? He doesn't say, hey, what do you think about inviting me over? No, th- there is like a, there's a strong words here. Jesus says, come down immediately for I must stay with you today. I believe the story is in here, not just for Zacchaeus' sake, but for ours, for our time and for our generation, that the desire in the heart of God is not that we would just know about him, but that we might know him, who he is, that he might live with us, come visit and stay with us. And nobody said amen except one person over here. You know why? Because you're scared just as I am. If he comes over, he's going to know the truth about me. Right? We have this rule in my house. When we bring the guest over, we tell Layla, before the guests come in, we tell her which places are off limits because she's our designated tour guide. (laughs) And if you don't tell her, she's going to show them everything. So we have to tell her later, mom's, uh, mom and dad's room is off limits, off limits. <laughs> Unless we've cleaned it up. And then we say, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's all open. Go for it. But usually it's like, Layla, Layla. She's like, and this is my mom and dad's room. Oh, it's not clean. Sorry, you can't go in there. <laughs> Jesus comes to the spot. He looks at Zacchaeus and he says, I must come into your house Today, not next week, not when you've had some time, not when you've gotten it together. Now, today, notice what happened. And all the people who heard were stunned and they began to mutter. Zacchaeus, probably caught in the, in the headlights of the moment, says he welcomed him gladly. Zacchaeus says, today, okay, let's go. And the people began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. It's in air quotes in in the Bible. That's right, the Bible had air quotes. It's a sinner. And we know this is how they viewed him for those two markers, tax collector and wealthy, chief tax collector and wealthy. And for the regular people, that would have meant that he was by default a cheater, a cheater and a sinner. And so they begin to look at each other, and now there's doubt in their eyes, in their hearts. How can Jesus do this? Why would Jesus want to go have dinner with that girl? And isn't it just heartbreaking that that's what people say in church? Hmm? And I, I have a sense that some of you are still hurting because somebody has said that about you. 
Or maybe some of us don't recognize that we've been the ones muttering. That when God is trying to love somebody who is so different from me, I say, why would God want to stay with him? Why would God want to stay with her? Because we're so quick to label somebody a sinner. And you know what? Jesus knows who Zacchaeus is. If he knew his name, he knew his profession. And he would have known the people's opinions. Jesus knew all about him. You know why? Because the Bible says that, that Jesus knitted Zacchaeus together in his mother's womb. And that Jesus counted every hair on his balding head. And that Jesus counted every day of his life long before he lived it. Jesus knows Zacchaeus. He knows his past. He knows the decisions that he's made and the things that he has done. And he says, I must come and stay in your house today. Zacchaeus welcomes him in and gets what happens. The people began to mutter because when you're trying to see who Jesus is, there's always going to be a mutterer in your life. You know what? It might be your husband or your boyfriend or your BFF. When you're like, I want to see Jesus, and they're going to be, girl. Mm -mm. Are you sure you want to do that? You know what? I know we were going to go out tonight, but I want to go to the women's ministry instead. What? You know what? I, I know we made plans, but I want to go to church today. I, want, I don't know. I feel like I want to praise Jesus, and they're going to be like, you're a fool. Jesus doesn't want anything to do with you. Who do you think you are? There's always going to be a mutter when you want to come to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't mutter. He says, I want to come and stay with you. And the Bible tells us that he went. Understand this. Zacchaeus was a sinner. And he was hated and despised, but Jesus still went to his house. At the cost of his own reputation, at the cost of creating doubt in the people who were listening. Because they were like, if he's hanging out with that guy, I don't know if I want anything to do with him. If he's hanging out with the oppressor, the man who steals from me, why would I want to be with that Jesus? But Jesus takes the risk anyway. And the Bible tells us that while he's having dinner with Zacchaeus, while he is in his home and people are still muttering and they've gone to watch to see if Jesus will really follow through on this, he is, he's there with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, verse, verse 8, catch this, don't miss this, chapter 19, verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, and there were people there. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So, it's a confession moment. Something's happening in Zacchaeus' heart. That day, all he wanted to see was catch a glimpse who really Jesus is. But Jesus stopped at the place, looked him in the eye, called him by name, and then said, I want to be with you. I want to stay with you. And he moves into Jesus. Move, Jesus moves into Zacchaeus' house. And he is there with him long before. Before Zacchaeus has done anything right. And Zacchaeus says, look, Lord, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where this is coming from. But this moment, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And it was a lot of money because he was wealthy. And then he says, and I will pay back four times the amount of everything that I've cheated. So we, we know he cheated. We know he cheated, but he's trying to make amends. 
But I want you to understand the sequence of events. He doesn't try to make amends before Jesus comes. In fact, it's only because Jesus comes that he is moved and compelled to make amends. You see the, you see the timeline difference? And we've got it backwards. And we have pro- proposing a Christianity that is backwards. We, we have essentially sold this idea that you have to make amends before Jesus will want to hang out with you. But that's not the case. It's just not the case. Jesus comes. And by the way, he doesn't say, Zacchaeus, you have to make amends. He doesn't say that. There's no record in here. You know what Jesus does? I just want to come and stay with you. I just want to be with you because I love you. And you matter. I know you by name. I know your story, but I love you anyway. And the Bible says that he stood up, Zacchaeus, and he said, here and now. Here and now. I love that phrase, and I want to offer it to you. Because I just think that some of us are in this moment. See, we, maybe God has put a dream in our hearts. We've known about Jesus. Maybe God has, has, has placed a desire in our heart for more. But, but we've been at it for so long that we just don't think it's ever going to happen. Or maybe some of us are in the middle of some significant challenge that we just don't think we're ever going to get out of. This is, this is kind of how it works. You look back and you say, after all I've done, I just don't see any hope for me. You look back and you say, look, Zacchaeus was in that moment. He, had, he was wealthy, middle-aged wealthy. He had been cheating people for a long time. He could never really make amends. That's not audacious statement. He could never really give back people the time that he stole from them when we took their money unnecessarily. He could never do that. But he makes this statement here and now. And you know what I want? I want to offer this to you and for myself. Imagine if in this moment you and I could just claim that. Here and now. Maybe I haven't been a good father, and I can't go back and reclaim the days. But here and now, I begin anew. Maybe I've been a terrible husband. I was insensitive. I didn't listen. And for years, she's been putting up with me, and I can't go back and give her those years. But here and now, here and now, Maybe God has told you a long time ago the plan he had for your life. And you've been saying, I will, I will. Next week, God, next week. And the weeks became months and the months became years. And now when you think about it, you say, oh, there's no way I could. Because I've been saying no for so long. Here and now. Here and now. Jesus includes this story. God includes this story because he wants us to know that we don't have to be prisoners to our past. We don't have to be prisoners to our sin. He has come to set us free here and now. That you and I can begin this day by saying, here and now, I will. See, the thing is, it is not enough. Listen to me. Don't, 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 don't miss this. It is not enough to know about Jesus It is not enough to know that Jesus loves you. We must be moved into action by that love. Information about God is useless to us unless we experience him in such a way that it compels us to live sacrificially on behalf of others. That's what Zacchaeus is doing. Did you catch that? 
here and now I give half. No, he's, yes, he's going to pay the money back. You notice how his wealth is shrinking? He's going to pay the money back four times what he cheated. But in addition to that, he's giving half of his wealth to the poor because he is suddenly overcome by this idea that he is undeserving of the love of God, just as you and I are. And when you finally capture that, God says, then you will understand my heart and it will move you towards other people. It is not enough for us simply to sit here and listen to me rant about Jesus. You've got to take him home with you. You've got to let him see everything about you. By the way, he already knows, but you've got to let him in. You've got to let him influence your thoughts and your your ideas and your choices. And the proof that he's living with you that only you will know is when you begin to sacrifice on behalf of others. Imagine if we were a community of people who didn't just talk about Jesus. Imagine if your little Sabbath school group or your women's ministry or or your group of friends that are going to go to lunch right after this service. Imagine if we didn't just talk about Jesus. Imagine if we each, one by one, started to give out and away our wealth on behalf of others. Imagine if we could just put ourselves to the side for just a day or two or three or a week and start living for the sake of other people. Wouldn't Jesus' name be lifted up? Wouldn't there be praising going on for your generosity versus your greed? Wouldn't Jesus get the credit for that? Because no one else in the entire world makes the same invitation that we lay down our life for our friends. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to do here and now. Here and now. I don't care what the past says you've done. I don't care what the past says you've ignored. I don't even care what's been leading up to this moment. Jesus says, I must come and stay with you today. And our response, your response and mine can be here and now, Jesus. Here and now. I'll take you. Come, be with me. God wants you to experience him. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit, that we might breathe him in and feel his guidance each and every day and be empowered by his constant presence. It's not enough to know about him. He must come and stay with us this day. So claim it for yourself here and now. As the worship team comes back and we prepare to sing our last song, we invite you to to stand and sing with us. And know and understand that no matter what you're going through and what challenges you face, God's love will never fail you. It was present for Zacchaeus. It can be present for you.